With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. The day has finally come. The day that we've been waiting for for a very long time. The Rockets finally got those baby blue city uniforms, huh? They did. They did. I actually really like them. Uh, I don't think I'm going to buy the jersey, but I'm definitely buying the hat and the hoodie. Yeah. And, uh, oh, by the way, uh, Russell Westbrook got traded. That's a, that's something else we'll talk about today. Oh, yeah. Russell Westbrook did get traded to the Washington Wizards for one Jonathan Wall and a first-round pick. Yep, and welcome to Harden My Take, the number one podcast on thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on espionation.com. Jeremy Brenner here, and today, Michael Brown, boy, we got a trade to talk about. John Wall is a Houston Rocket, DeMarcus Cousins is very happy, and yeah. How are you, though? Are you as happy as DeMarcus Cousins, or are you... Not so happy about what just went down. I, I'm on the fence. I, I really am. Number one, I really thought Westbrook was going to be a rocket uh, for the season. Uh, I said it multiple times. Um, I will say this. This whole trade for me is hinging on John Wells' health. And I know that's crazy to say because you know, anybody could say, well, any trade or any signing – you know, Christian Wood depends on health, but this more so than anything to me is all about health with John Wall coming off a year where he missed the entire year uh, for an Achilles injury. If he's healthy, I'm with this deal. I'm on board. The one thing right off the bat that I thought was I wish the Rockets would have gotten at least one more asset from Washington because I think Washington was more desperate to trade Wall than the Rockets were to trade Westbrook. Mm. See, I don't know about that, but um, the Rockets did get an extra asset, a 2023 protected first round pick that has a lot of protections on it. Um, it's lottery protected in 2023, top 12 in 2024, top 10 in 2025, top 8 in 2026, and then if the pick is not conveyed by then, it becomes two second rounders in the 2027 draft, um, which 
Look, they, they got something out of the out. They got something else in return other than John Wall. So that was Rafael Stone's goal. So Woj tweeted out a little bit after the trade the trade was broken um, or, or the trade breaked. I, I don't know. But th- anyway, he tweeted out a while ago that they that Rafael Stone had talked to Tommy Shepard a couple weeks ago about about a trade. Probably three. Look, it's been three weeks since Russ requested a trade. So they probably talked about three weeks ago. And nothing came of it. And they said they talked today and the deal was done within a few hours. So something happened today where it propelled the Rockets to make this move and the Wizards to make this move. Now, we don't know a whole lot about the Wizards perspective here. You know, there was talks about Wall being excited to be, you know, finally healthy again and playing with Brad Beal. And then there was talks about Wall requesting a trade uh, because he was involved in these talks and whatnot. Um, But nonetheless, John Wall is a Houston Rocket now, and that means a lot of things. Uh, It does mean that he needs to be healthy because if he's not healthy, this trade doesn't work out. Um, But it also means it it also means that James Harden could be. You know, it also puts James Harden in a very unique position because he obviously wanted Westbrook in Houston, but he also was friendly with John Wall. Uh, him and him and John Wall are also pretty close. And do you think that James Harden signed off on this trade, Mike? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, I don't think it's as easy as saying yes or no, because as a fan as somebody you know, like you and I who talk a lot of Rockets basketball on a weekly basis, I think to myself, this is, this is one of two things. Either this is the move before the Harden move, or this is the move to prevent the Harden move. Gun to my head, I think Harden signed off on this deal. And the, the short answer to your, your complicated question, I think it's Harden's realization now that him going to Brooklyn is not happening. And Mm -hmm. so he said to himself, I'm in a contract here, Rockets, something happened between me and and Westbrook, get him out of here, get somebody else. And they went and acquired John Wall. And so I think Harden is here, but I would not be surprised if Harden is dealt before the, before opening game. You, you, You think that Harden is, is on his way out too? I let me okay. So I'm going to answer your question with a question. And Tim McMahon tweeted this about 20 minutes ago, and he was saying, according to a source, the Rocket stance on Harden hasn't changed. They anticipate that he will be here. Harden will be for opening night. And the pessimist side of me says, okay, he's putting that out there. The Rockets are looking to move Harden too. Like you, so I don't because putting, Tim McMahon reported that you think the opposite, right? No, because I think the Rockets are posturing. I think that they're. They're putting it out there that, nope, Harden's here. Uh, our stance isn't changing because they're trying to get more out of a potential trade partner. Um, I, I don't know what to believe anymore, man. Like, yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at with it. I think Harden will be here for the year. I, I'm going to go. The, I'm going to say I think Harden is here for the year. He signed off on this move, and he's going to give this rotation a shot. Yeah, you know. I think that I obviously I don't think 
I don't think James wanted Russ to go, but I think he also recognized the situation. And I think Russ wanted out because James might have wanted out. But at this point, I mean, look, for what you could have gotten out of Westbrook considering the low market, this is about as good as you could get, as you could have gotten. And you get a guy in John Wall who is friendly with James Harden on a le- maybe not necessarily on the level that Russell Westbrook was, but he is in all he is a potential strong partner uh, a pairing in that backcourt because a lot of what John Wall um like John Wall talked about with Brad Beal how he was going to play a little bit more off ball after all of his injuries John Wall is not the same you know let's slash to the rim let's drive like he is going to play more off ball and that's going to allow James to be more of that guy in that role and you know, I think that if if the Russ pairing wasn't going to work, the Wall pairing might. And this does kind of feel like, okay, this is probably our last chance with James. And let's see what we can get out of him. Well, and, real, real quick on that, on that note, you're also talking about a guy who hasn't played in an NBA game in nearly two years. Right. And I, I think the only downfall to Westbrook is his contract. That's why his market was as soft as it was. But don't forget, like Russell Westbrook in the year 2020 was playing NBA, or sorry, MVP caliber basketball back in February. Before the whole Corona thing, mm-hmm. you know, or COVID hit. And then he had his, his uh, what was his, his thigh, his in, or his hamstring. Yeah, he, I mean, Russ was also not healthy. And he also had COVID. But I'm, the only thing that scares me to death about this deal is that you just gave up a superstar, which Russell Westbrook is, for a guy that is a superstar when he's healthy, but he hasn't been healthy in almost two years. That's why I would have liked to have seen out of this deal at least one more asset. Even- but also, in a way... Wall is a better fit next to Westbrook. And Wall, honestly, look, he he might not be the kind of scorer that Russ is, but sometimes you need some some players to play Chief, and you need some players to play Indian. And John Wall is probably more of an Indian. And, like, Chris Paul, he wasn't that. Russell Westbrook, he definitely wasn't that. Dwight Howard wasn't that either, but John Wall has the talent to be a star, an all-star, but he can allow, like, the the team is still clearly James Harden's, which that's what makes this deal very appealing. You know, Steven Silas also probably had uh, a say on this on this trade, and to be honest, I think... John Wall allows the Rockets to be more unpredictable. Like he mentioned in his opening presser, it allows them to play different styles of basketball. He can he can take some pressure off of Harden, and he can drive, but he doesn't have to be that. He can be more of a he can be more of a complementary player to James. Whereas Russ was kind of uh, 
him and James were so similar that it was like kind of they they, they didn't mesh perfectly together. John Wall allows like James is clearly obviously going to be one and Wall is going to be two and it's no longer one A one B and you know you lose talent because Russ is the better player but you maybe get someone that's a better compliment to James and that might be something that James is willing to keep because at this point if James Harden goes to Brooklyn he's not going to be number one. It's going to be, he's going to be one B next to Durant and that could cause issues. This move allows Harden to be the dude, the number one guy for what could be the final season in his, in his tenure with the Rockets. Um, And if he goes anywhere else, he's going somewhere else to be a one B. What? I mean, we're assuming that Brooklyn is the only other place that he can go. But at this point, Nothing has led us to believe that anything is different. You know, maybe Philly will change their mind after this season and they, they'll say, you know, we don't feel confident about Ben Simmons and Joel, but we might feel more confident about James and Joel. I don't know. That could still happen. But at this point, James is now given the keys to the offense and nobody is there to challenge him. Yeah. James there, will go for 40 a night this season. A couple, a couple, a couple responses to what you had to say there number one this this feels a lot like what the Clippers did when they got Kawhi and gave him Paul George so that definitive number two like on that team Kawhi is number one and Paul George is number two uh feels very similar here if John Wall is going to play more off of the ball one thing that scares me about John Wall is his game is so heavily predicated on getting to the bucket and slashing to the bucket. If he's not that same, if he doesn't have that same juice going towards the bucket post Achilles tear, that could spell not very good things for the Rockets. The other thing that scares me about John Wall's game, he's never shot better than 38% from the field from the three-point line. So if he's going to play more off ball, they're going to have to figure out a way to make him uh, make him successful. Obviously, I think he's still going to be able to get to the hole, but maybe not as high of a rate pre-injury, John Wall. So those are the two things that if he's going to play off ball, he's going to have to retool his game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm seeing now on Twitter as you know, I'm trying to get reactions from players. So John Wall was... Um, so the first year James Harden did the JH Town weekend, you know, the, the charity event he does, John Wall was at it in the middle of the offseason. Mm-hmm. So they're clearly close. So they could they have the chemistry there. That's something that this team is going to have that maybe last year's team didn't was the chemistry that I for whatever reason the Rockets seem to struggle with last last season. They got into arguments with each other, all that. This year, I don't see that happening as much. Because and, and maybe Harden will be a bit more combative, but maybe John Wall can be there and say, hey, look, like this can be uh this can be a real good thing, you and me. And Demarcus Cousins. Demarcus Cousins is probably the happiest man on earth right now. And oh. I don't know. I just think that this team is going to play more team-oriented basketball, which is something that, you know. It's James isn't going to be needing to go ISO and all of this stuff. And 
there's going to be more of a sense of cohesion this year, which is something that the Rockets have needed for a pretty long time, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a chance to change I, I, the culture. And what you do here is if James doesn't work, you deal him, and then you have at least with John Wall, you have a semblance of a competitive team. And one one thing on on this move, and you and I, in fairness to this pod, like you and I are still processing all of this. Like this, is right? Just this, we're recording this, you know, like less than an hour after it broke. Right. I I think this move also is a tone setter for how the Rockets feel about DeMarcus Cousins. And it feels weird saying that for a guy that is signed to a one-year non-guaranteed deal. But I think per uh, what Jonathan Fagan and what Sham Sharania has said since uh, his workout with the Rockets, that the Rockets are really high on DeMarcus Cousins for this season and potentially into the future with – they want to make him as comfortable as possible. They want to give him all of the tools possible to succeed. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, 20 minutes ago, he sends out a tweet that he's clearly excited about this move from their days at Kentucky. Um, look, I mean, you have a roster that's in, that includes James Harden, John Wall, Christian Wood, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, DeMarcus Cousins, Daniel House. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty formidable seven and then you know david nuaba uh the mayor of freaking future mayor of houston gerald green is back and we haven't talked about that Mm -hmm. you know the you've got a pretty solid 10 guys right now um and look i mean you got to give rafael stone the new general manager some credit here for for his work thus far with this roster i don't hate it i'll say this though this move, he he's taking a lot of risks. Oh, this is huge. Rafael Stone's taking a lot of risks here. Well, and the the whole roster, he's gambling on a huge part of this roster. He's Not- gambling on the fact that James, like, he's gambling on a lot of things. He's gambling on the fact that John Wall's going to be healthy. He's gambling on the fact that Jamar- DeMarcus Cousins is going to be healthy. Granted, that is less of a risk because you don't have any money guaranteed for him yet. But that is a huge part of this team. You need some kind of backup big to be if, – if if Cousins can be a good player, like that, that'd be a good risk to take. And on top of that, you're holding on to James Harden, which is the biggest risk in this all. Yeah. This could totally go kaput. It could totally go to – you know, the crapper, if, you know, all you got was one year James, like, you get uh, a dilapidated John Wall, a uh, dilapidated DeMarcus Cousins, uh, ticked off James Harden that he just traded his best friend, um, and then he goes, and you don't get as much value as you can out of him because you waited an extra year to trade him. There's so many risks, and this season is super important because if the Rockets can salvage something out of this season and play, look, if they can make it back to the second round and hopefully go even a little bit further, then I think they're good. But that's that's a big if with this huge Western Conference mess that we see. 
John Wall is going to have to play. He has big shoes to fill. Russell Westbrook was a huge part of this team last year. He has big shoes to fill, and we're asking someone to do that from someone that hasn't played in two years. Like, it's it's nonsense. But I don't know. For some weird reason, Mike, I can see it working. (laughs) I can see this working because I, I, I feel like John Wall has something to prove. DeMarcus Cousins has something to prove. If Christian Wood, PJ Tucker's on a contract year, James Harden has a chance to go a wall, like go forty a night this year. I told, I believe it. Daniel House is something to prove. Gerald Green is something to prove. Everyone on this team has a chip on their shoulder, and usually that's when you play at your best. And I like the new energy that this team has with Steven Silas. I really think that this has a chance of working. Look, this could also totally backfire. And the chances of the Rockets winning a championship this year aren't very good. But honestly, look, would you take this year? If if you didn't win a championship this year, but you did well in the second round and you were able to convince James Harden to stay, if he signed an extension at the end of the season, would you consider this year a success? Yes. Yeah, that this, well, that's what this season is about now. This season is about trying to salvage something and extending this as long as it can go. And the fact that you got something from that Russell Westbrook trade that will help you in the future. Look, the these picks can be good players someday. We can draft. We can use these picks to draft really good players that will hopefully be the future of the team at some point. But we can also use those to trade and get those assets for a team that can contend for a title in those years to come. And look, it's eight eight years now the Rockets have been in the playoffs. And it's the longest streak in the NBA now. I think I think we said that a couple a couple episodes ago. And if this lasts even further, it'll be extraordinary. Um I just there's a lot it's a lot of question marks, Mike. It's a lot of question marks. I do think, though, John Wall is a plus on defense. Better than he, he's better than Russ on defense. He's. I don't want to say he's a better passer because I think they're both pretty much the same. In fact, if if anything, Russ is a better passer. Um, but I think what makes this deal better for the Rockets is that John Wall is a better complement to James Harden than Russell Westbrook was. And Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, I don't know how that pairing is going to work. To be honest, I don't really care. That's not my team. I'm worried about the Houston Rockets right now, and I think that John Wall has the chance to be a better fit next to James Harden. And, you know, if in the off chance that, you know, James Harden still wants out after this year. Then you got you get your guys and you have to roll it back with, you know, John Wall and the scrap heap from Brooklyn or the scrap heap from uh, Philly. I don't know, but here's here's a quote from Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype. Kevin Durant on John Wall. He looked amazing to me. He looked great. I'm excited to see John play again. He's been out for two years now. I know he wants to go out there and play great basketball and lead that team. So I'm excited for him that he's back. Obviously, this was not obviously. This was yesterday on Wall in Washington. 
And I agree with you that John Wall is a more sensible fit with Harden because I think his game now is going to resemble more of a Chris Paul than a Russell Westbrook. Would you agree with that or disagree with that? Yes, but also in like he's better defensively, but three point, it's about the same. He's not much of a three point shooter and turnovers. He's about the same as Russ. So what you're getting, you're getting less explosivity on offense. So that, so that's the, that's the trade. You're getting someone that's a little bit better at defense for someone that's a little bit better explosively. And he's that much better explosively Russell Westbrook that you get a first round pick out of it as well. I also think the the, the lesser player in this deal, but I think what we've noticed, at least with this team, it's not necessarily about the top of the roster. It can be one guy. It can be two guys. It can be three guys. But how they fit is just as important as the talent you put on your roster. You can put a bunch of guys, like, you can put James Harden and Russell Westbrook together. That sounded like a great idea at the time. But why wasn't it a good idea? Because it forced the Rockets into another decision that they made that forced them to play a new style that hurt James Harden a little bit. This is, and yes, you say Chris Paul, because this team is going to remind me a lot of that 2018-2019 seasons with Chris Paul, where you have a big, whether it's Wood or Cousins, and you have a guard next to you that can take off some of the load, but can also really, you know, they they have times where they can take over the game. And look, who's taking that final shot for me? It's going to be James Harden. Although John Wall has been known to make a couple of, uh, you know, clutch shots himself. But, look, there's, there's optimism with this trade for sure. There's definitely some pessimism with it. But I think there's more optimism in a trade like this than pessimism. I'm all about style because I really think that the Rockets' Achilles heel, no pun intended, Achilles heel the last couple of years has been the style in which they have played and it has been to like teams have been able to figure it out. The Warriors have figured it out year after year and the Lakers figured it out last year. The Rock this year, I think with John Wall, it allows them to be a little bit more unpredictable on offense, a little bit more unpredictable on defense, allows them to play multiple styles and that is what's going to help push the Rockets over the hill. Yeah, I, 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 think it's, I think it's worth noting here just real quick what the fallout from this Chris, for the Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook trade did to this Rockets franchise. Because if you think about it, right, if you wouldn't have traded Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook, Clint Capella would probably still be a Rocket. I would venture to say Daryl Morey, Mike D'Antoni would still be here if that trade never happened. I think that's fair. I mean, that one trade, Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul, completely transformed this franchise for the next, I don't know, man. I mean, at least next three years, it could be five, it could be 10. You know, it's crazy to think about, you know, 
if you're James Harden, right, I think James needs to look at this situation and say, you got to give the Rockets credit here. You know, since they've had Harden, I mean, I don't see that many franchises out there that have been able to get the likes of guys like Dwight Howard, uh, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, John Wall, signing Christian Wood, getting Eric Gordon, getting P.J. Tucker. Like, I, I don't really know what else the Rockets could do here to try and appease James Harden. You know what I mean? You can't say they haven't tried. Oh, my God. I mean, you know. And as a fan, to be honest, I love that's it. all you can really ask for. Yeah. As long as you put out the best, the best possible team you can, and as long as you can try to stretch out any, you know, possible way to make this last as long as it can, like teams that just fold easily, it would be so frustrating to be part of those teams and to be part of those fan bases. But the Rockets are trying. They're trying to salvage something here. And you have to respect it. And look, if... If you strike out swinging, you strike out swinging, but at least you swung and you didn't go out looking. I, the one thing that I, that not the why I keep saying the one thing, one aspect of this deal that I love is the gamble, man. Like this is, this is a pure gamble play by the Rockets. Mm-hmm. I Just mean, like they, the Russell Westbrook trade was a gamble. Just like the Chris Paul trade was a gamble. Just like the James Harden trade was a gamble. You're not going to win in the NBA without making a gamble or two. The one thing, though, about the the other deals that you just mentioned, to me, this feels like a much bigger gamble. Like the James Harden deal. Because it's a move out of desperation. It's a move out of desperation, number one. Number two, it's for a guy that hasn't played in the league in, in two years. And it's for a guy in, in Russell Westbrook that was playing at a pretty darn high level. And the, you know what? One thing that we haven't touched on real quick, I want to get your thoughts on this. For everybody that wants to say that Tillman Fertitta does not want to spend money, this is not a salary dump. Like, this is not a Russell Westbrook to the Knicks for, you know, an expiring deal and Julius Randle and some other, you know, cheaper guys. This is a full-on max contract for max contract. So this is an example that Tillman Fertitta can point to and say, I'm willing to spend the money. I just want to freaking win. Well, yes. And, I mean, I, I think that Tillman would rather have Russ, but Why he realized you? that wasn't a possibility anymore. So, Why do you think that? Look, I think a lot of the team and we figured out, like, has been a, 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 big, a big headline. I'm trying to find the words for this. It's been difficult on this night to find words for this because we're still trying to process this. But a big headline of the offseason has been culture, the culture of the team over the past couple of years, mm-hmm. and how James Harden has kind of been the bad apple. To be honest, I think I think that Harden is part of the problem, but I think that Silas has the potential to fix it. I I truly believe that. I believe he is, he is the power to set the tone and create change in what Mike D'Antoni built, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but it wasn't a championship caliber team. Not necessarily for the players that put on the court, but overall as a basketball program was not a championship program. They full like 
they just they always found a way to fold. They could never find a way to stick it out in all four of the seasons they had. They had a lead, you know, they had a lead in the Spurs series. They lost that series. They had a lead in um you know the 2018 Warrior series. They found a way to lose that. 2019 um, they had a good chance to win that series. I don't know if they had a lead in that series ever, but had a good chance to win that series. Couldn't get the job done. 2020, had a lead in the Lakers series. Couldn't get it done. So that's the thing. They, they, they have always had potential to get past their where they've gone, but they just haven't been able to finish the job. And that's what Silas is here to do. And hopefully John Wall can be part of that. He can be part of that. And I think that John Wall is much more likely to go along with that because he's just excited to play basketball at this point. He's just ready to play basketball because he hasn't played in so long. Russell Westbrook, was. it was clear that he, it was clear in what his role that he wanted. And look, to Russ's credit, he deserves to play in that kind of role in that setting because he is an MVP. He has played at an MVP level over the past several years. And now he goes back to Scott Brooks. Ironically, it's something we haven't really discussed. He goes back to Scott Brooks, his coach in Oklahoma City, and will know exactly how to utilize Russ the way that he wants to. And look, Russ gets what he wants. John Wall, I guess he gets what he wants. He gets to play with DeMarcus Cousins. He gets to play with James Harden. I don't know if James Harden gets what he wants, but he got something different. And he's going to have to learn to like it for now. And when he gets that leverage to force a trade and for it to finally go through, he, he'll, from, that, from now until that point, he's going to have to figure it out. And I think that there's a chance that he can. But at this point, it's up to the Rockets to... It's up to the Rockets to fix that. You you talked about you talked about the word culture, and I know that people listening to the show probably aren't familiar with this organization. But the this the move of Steven Silas reminds me a lot of the Miami Dolphins and the hiring of Brian Flores. They hired a guy that relates to the players in a way that not a lot of other people can do. He's younger. He's a minority coach, just like Steven Silas. I think Steven Silas has, and you know, the Dolphins are seven and four this year, and they're they're trending in the right direction. This Steven Silas move can be that type of move, I think, in the sense that he can change the way that this team approaches everything. You know, approaches not only game day but practices, um, you know, activities on travel, like all of those different things. This team is miles different than it was last year. And let me ask you this, as we're probably nearing the end of the show in a bit, in your honest opinion, the way that the team is structured now, new coach, new GM, new roster, is this team better than we were last season? No. No, it's not. You don't think so? No, it's not. On paper, they're not. They're not as talented. Um, Look. Wood and Covington, in my opinion, cancel each other out. Westbrook is better than John Wall. Wait, wait, hold, start, sorry. You said Wood and Covington? Christian Wood and Robert Covington, the swap, it cancels each other out, in my opinion. Ooh. 
I don't think Christian Wood like you think Christian Wood is that much better than Robert Covington. I think he's a I think he's going to give this team a look that they didn't have last year. But it's it's a different team. You're you're asking me to compare apples and oranges. Uh, I think talent last year's team was better, but fit this team is better, and it's all going to come down to how they mesh. If this team can find a way to mesh and make it work, then the sky's the limit. I think on paper this team is better. I I I'm, think you can, I don't think you can say that. Why not? You're taking someone that didn't even play last year versus a 27 points per game guy. And you're saying the team with a guy that didn't even play last year was better. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not saying he's better. There's a, there's a difference I'm... between on paper and on the court. And we can't compare them on the court because we haven't seen them yet. But on paper, you're fooling yourself if you think that the team right now is better than the team last year on paper. On paper, I, yeah. I, I think... Tuck is a year older. Eric Gordon's a year older. You know, I mean, I, I just, I'm, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot that's going to have to play out. But I think the it's going to come down to how this team works around the Silas system, the five-out system. Can they make it work? And I think they can. I, I think that they can. I'm optimistic in believing that this team can work. I like how... This trade also kind of opens it up for Eric Gordon as well to be a little bit more of a playmaker, something that he is more likely to, you know, that that's more of his strength that he wasn't able to really do last season while he was A, injured, and B, in the shadows of Westbrook and Harden. I think that's going to help out the Rockets in in some regard. His role, he this might allow Eric Gordon to fully supplant himself in the starting lineup as well. Oh, he needs to be coming off the bench. I, I don't know. Right now, because for for no other reason than I think you need guard help off of the bench. You need a, a ball handler. I mean, it's also interesting, too. I'm curious to see how healthy Wall's going to be. I'm curious to see how healthy uh, DeMarcus Cousins is going to be. And that is honestly what's going to determine where this team ends up in the standings. Because if you have a healthy John Wall... I don't see why this team can't be top three for sure. If if Wall isn't healthy, you're looking at probably six or seven, maybe eight, just because that's how stacked the West is. But you're gonna need you're gonna need if there's 72 games, you're gonna need 60 games out of John Wall. 55, 60 games. You're gonna need 55, 60 games out of uh out of Eric Gordon and Demarcus Cousins. You're gonna need about 45. I, I I think sixty games out of seventy two is a little ambitious for Westbrook or for for Wall. To be fair to John Wall, I don't think Russell Westbrook would have played. Well, he maybe. I think I think he could have. I think he'll play sixty games this year, as long as he avoids major injury. Yeah, that I agree with you that on paper, because we John Wall didn't play. I guess this is – I should have phrased the question in this way. I think that the Rockets on paper were better last year, but would you agree that the ceiling for this year's team is higher than it was last year? No. Okay. I, I, I think – I wouldn't – I still think that – look, I, if you – like last year going into the year, I was saying the Rockets can be – 
the third seed, fourth seed at best, because I still thought that the Lakers and Clippers were better. A year later, a year and a half later, yeah, still the same. Okay. I don't, like, this deal doesn't put the Rockets ahead of the Lakers or Clippers. In fact, what it does is it lowers the floor. It lowers the floor because you're getting a lesser talented replacement for Westbrook and a more injury-prone player than Russell Westbrook. So it it drops your floor a little bit, too. That's a, that's a really good point. So I guess my official stance on it, I think you've lowered the floor, but you've raised the ceiling the way I see it. Yes, because you're taking a bigger risk. Correct. But also, the, the, the raise in ceiling is not as much as the drop in floor. The raise in the ceiling is... Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I agree with that because this could completely... This could just be catastrophic, which would actually right. be kind of fun. It could, it could be players. terrible. Three, three hours ago before this, I was thinking, okay, the Rockets can be third through fifth anywhere, likely more fifth than third. Now I'm seeing the Rockets, and I think, okay, you can probably be still third through fifth somewhere, more likely fourth through fifth. But you can also be six, seven, or eight if you're not careful enough. Because what it's going to come down to in the West is who stays healthy and your chances now of staying healthy drop with putting John Wallen in, in the roster. Yeah. The man, dude, like the more I think about it, the more I like this move because it's just a total shot in the dark. Like the Rockets are look so many points, man. Like I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to put a bow on this. For okay. now. And we'll obviously talk about this more on our next episode and whatnot in the episodes to come. We've got a couple of uh, couple of minutes here. But I think the reason why this move is a positive and why a lot of people look at it as a positive for Houston is because Houston needed to make a change, and they did. Mm-hmm. They needed to make a change, and they did. If you do the same thing, you're going to get the same results. But the Rockets have shaking it up for a chance at doing something better or getting something better. The chance. The chance of getting something better is better than nothing at all, in my opinion. I'd rather I'd rather try and fix it than not fix than not fix something that's broken. Yeah. Even if that means I'm getting a worse product. I I, I think that there is a, a new sense of excitement with this move. Like you said, there's a, there's a new sense of, okay, like what are the Rockets going to do? You know, how does this, how will this work out? You know, I like the fact that, you know, the, I think wall will be here for the next three years. Yes. I mean, he has two guaranteed years on his contract. Then he's got a third player option for like $47.8 million. He's going to take that. So John Wall will be a rocket for the next three years. Now, this is on Steven Silas to say, you know, you've been given the pieces. You know, you've got to make Harden happy. You've got to make this work for everybody. And the one really quick question I want to ask you is, would you extend P.J. Tucker to satisfy him before going into the season? 
to get everybody kind of locked in to the new direction that the Rockets have created. Is that no. something you do? Okay. No. Because okay. you got to be prepared after this year to blow it up if you need to. Okay. I only asked and- that question because based on the athletic article, you know, there were a lot of things that a lot of people were unhappy with. And guys in that article, Robert Covington traded, Russell Westbrook traded. Um, I think this move satisfies Eric Gordon to have more of a significant role on this team, which is what he was looking for. The last guy is P.J. Tucker, you know, not getting that extension. So I was just wondering but your quick thought on that. I also think, I also think that article – look, and, and we've mentioned it a couple of times now where not everything that we read is, is what it seems. And I think P.J. Tucker's frustrations came from the fact that he just wasn't I, – I don't know. He just didn't – it took them so long to guarantee that contract. That's what I think he was more upset about, not the fact that they didn't extend him. Because, look, extending a guy – past his age 35 season, it's not very easy to do that with anyone, unless you're LeBron James, which just happened, by the way. But they haven't been able to, like, I think PJ, look, PJ, this is probably his last year. And the Rockets need to be able to pivot from this year if they need to and start a rebuild. This move helps with that because you're getting that first round pick. But you can see with these moves, they've gotten a couple of picks in the last couple couple weeks that the Rockets are now in are flexible enough to go in multiple directions. And I think we're gonna park the rocket ship for now. We've got a lot to digest, and I'm sure Red Nation you do as well. So be sure to comment on wherever you find this, whether you find it on our Twitter page at DreamShake SBN or on our website at thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. We will have all the Wall Westbrook trade aftermath on that website. So go ahead, check that out. Also, our training camp player previews will be going out over the next couple of days. So be sure to not miss a single one. Uh, head over to thedreamshake.com. You can also uh, follow us on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook if you're over there. And be sure not to miss a single episode of Harden My Take. Uh, we are two days a week, Mondays and Thursdays. We have a, a lot of strong guests. Uh, Kaylee Griffin will be on the show, hopefully within the next week or two. And same with Adam Clanton, uh, Houston sports radio legend, going to be on the show soon. So uh, be sure to tune in for these episodes coming up right before the season starting in just 20 days. 20 days, Mike, until the season starts. Uh, from December 2nd. So we've got a lot to talk about, and I'm so excited to go on this ride with you. So please drop your Twitter handle for the listeners below and give your last thoughts. Uh, you can get all of my Gerald Green uh, love, all of my Rockets takes, and all of my unconditional love for the Miami Dolphins and the Houston Cougars at UH the Gred Hat Guy. Final thought. Man, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what this season has in store. Uh, I'm going to go drop about $300 on the new uh, city jersey, uh, the hat, the sweatshirt, the hoodies, the socks, and the slides uh, as soon as those are available. Uh, But I think that this this is a good night for Houston Rockets fans. Yes, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner, J-E-R-E-M-Y, B-R-E. 
N-E-R. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.